your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. On today's show, we will be discussing our free agent of the day in Tyson Jost. Do the Avalanche bring him back, re-sign him, and do they make him available for the Seattle Kraken draft, or do they protect him? We will look at the Bowen Byram season grade, which we put up on Twitter. We have votes for that, and something I always love doing when I can find an article. And this one is coming from a website. Let me get it here. Uh, they, they cover the Edmonton Oilers. I'll get the exact website. I'll bring it up. Uh, and they propose a trade. Well, they don't really propose one. They just say who they want from Colorado. And they don't say who they would give up. So uh, I'll kind of, I guess, leave you hanging with that and who they who they would potentially want to uh, pluck from the Colorado Avalanche. So all of that, first things first, follow the show, social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram, and send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions, or otherwise to Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. So we will start with, like I said, our free agent of the day, and that is Tyson Jost. And for for Jost, we've said it many times on this show that he is one of those guys that at the beginning of the season, when we were doing our Kraken draft predictions, uh, he was nowhere on there. And we, we even going as far as to say that's who the Kraken would take. Maybe a change, change of scenery would do him good. Uh, a young player still has that, will always have that top 10 uh, draft pick title. <clears throat> and maybe things just weren't working out in Colorado for him. And if you remember when long ago when I had Ryan Clark from The Athletic, who at the time was covering the well he was actually in transition from covering the avalanche to uh he was moving to cover the kraken so we had a long talk about many things one of them was tyson jose in particular and you know he he hit the nail on the head you know he said a lot of people tyson jose at the time was 22 years old and you know a lot of people expect you know nathan mckinnon like ascending once they get it they get it and it's superstardom and what like that is the rare occurrence with guys like nathan mckinnon but when we have a a top 10 pick you know he's kind of been built up in either fans minds or you just expect so much from a player and you can still get that but it takes time and for tyson jost it seemed like this was the year that he finally turned the corner. He didn't make a a you know a big sweeping turn. It wasn't a Tokyo Drift type of corner, but it was a corner. And that the, what he had this season, and we'll, I'll go through his stats in a second. 
that could be uh, what gets him to stay in Colorado and then see what he can potentially do in the years that follow and keep building on what he accomplished this year. It wasn't, wow, this is amazing. This is what we've been waiting for. But this, it, it was, okay, we can see what he can do and how he can play. And we gave him a little bit more of weight on his shoulders this year with a lot more time on the penalty kill. And I thought he did fantastic there. Uh, and it did, again, took him a little while to get going. Uh, but at the beginning of the season, or I guess at the, the off season last year, they gave him that one-year contract. And it wasn't for much of an increase. I think he made $50,000 or something, or $75,000 more than he made the year prior. And this was more or less, and he was the last one to sign, which they were signing guys left and right. And it was a good chunk of time before they got to Tyson Jost, which led me to believe they were either trying to trade him, which there were some reports coming out, which the Avalanche will never uh, verify that they he was in the mix with, I think it was the Florida Panthers, that there was some deal going on that he could have been included in. So it was either they were they were trying to trade him or he was holding out for more. They were not holding out, but going back and negotiating to get a little bit more money because that's not much of an increase. And the Avalanche were in a spot where it's like, look, man, like you, we need to see more of you. We're not going to give you... You know, like, look, look what, like, uh, Valnichuskin got. He got $2.5 million based on the one season that he played with them, and they felt like that. He was value. They felt he was $2.5 million in value for a couple years to bring him back. They didn't feel like that with Tyson Jost. It was less than a million dollars. They might feel a little bit differently now. So we'll have to see what they do with him. They could, you know, do a... a what we were talking about with Gabe Landeskog and not sign him before the Kraken draft and with the hopes that Seattle would not take a restricted free agent. But you never know. I don't think they would go down the road with Jost that they will with Landeskog. I think Landeskog, they want to get that done. They want to protect him. Don't mess around with that stuff. With Jost, maybe it's a little bit different, but I still feel like they they want to sign and protect him. And we've gone over the players that could potentially be protected, and he fits in with the seven forwards that they can protect if they go the seven and three, which I definitely think they will at this point if Johnson waves. So let's look at his stats here quickly. And like I said, not a good start. For Tyson, his first 26 games of the season, grand total of one goal and two assists. It wasn't until March 20th. And if you remember, the season started on January 13th. So more than two months into the season is where he finally put up back-to-back games where he scored a point. Uh, it was March 20th. He had a goal against Minnesota. March 22nd, he had two assists against Arizona. But that did start, kind of did kickstart, uh, uh, you know, consistent, more consistent scoring from him. Uh, and then from April 9th 
to April 22nd, uh, which was where he had a five-game scoring or um, point streak. He had an assist in each one of those games. You know, and then he followed that up with, was it six games where he had nothing? So those are the, let's see, is it six or five? Six. So those are the things where you would like to see just somewhere in there. Maybe after two games, he just gets an assist or three games. He, you want to you wanna stop those as much as possible. But he had a good end to the season. Uh, the last game of the year, that game against the Kings that would have, you know, that did clinch the President's Trophy, two goals in that game. Um, and then in in the playoffs, didn't do much against Vegas, but who did? Uh, what did he do in the St. Louis series? And bring that up quickly. He had a goal and an assist, an assist in game two, a goal in game three. So overall, he had two goals and two assists in the playoffs. So, you know, he was coming along. And as the season went on, he he just started to play better. And then he was doing a lot of things that you didn't see on the score sheet. That's what everybody's going to look at is goals and assists, plus minus, time on ice, all that stuff. But they relied on him to do a lot more than just that. And there were times he ascended up to that first line when McKinnon got hurt. He was brought up to that first line because, and that was towards the end of the year because he was playing so much better. So has he played his way into being protected? Uh, if for whatever reason he's not, he's probably the the eighth man. He would be the eighth man that the Avs just could not protect. But he has made it difficult for them uh, as to who the Avalanche should protect. And, you know, he's finally... He could command. What, what would they sign him for? You know, he's restricted free, free agent with arbitration rights. So, you know, this could go in front of an arbitrator. And uh, you know, you want to compare him to Nachuskin because Nachuskin got that, you know, show me contract. And he did. And he got a $2.5 million contract for two years. Do I think Joe still get that? I don't think he'll get quite that much. I think he'll fall just shy of that. I I could see him getting maybe 1.5 on the low end, 2 million at on the high end, but I don't think the Avalanche would go to 2 million. I think they would go. I think they'd be comfortable and again term, I don't know. Um, but I think they would be okay with with one and a half for a few years. And See what you can get him out of him for a couple of years because he's still 23 years old. So maybe you sign him for three years uh, right before you know he's 27. See what you can get out of those three. And then maybe if he does well, then he cashes in. As much as Tyson Jones can cash in, he's not going to be a you know an $8 million player. But maybe he gets bumped up to 3 or $4 million after that. Who knows? But uh, I think things are trending up for Tyson Jost and... I think the Colorado Avalanche were very pleased with what they got out of him for this season. All right, so we are going to hear from uh, rockauto.com, and then we will get into the Bowen Byram Twitter poll season grade. So this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the brands that their warehouse happens to carry. 
you have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why spend up to 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers online for 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low and they're for every customer. They have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website. Find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, so Bo Byron was up for his season grade, and uh, you got a lot of people saying uh, it's incomplete, there's not enough there. I get that, but he did play 19 games, and in a 56-game season, that's a third of the season. So I think there's enough there for you to give him a grade. Uh, Maybe not the grade that you would have anticipated, and it could have been different had you know, he not had a illegal hit against the boards go against him and be out the rest of the season. Thank you, Vegas. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. You got a, a little bit of a glimpse into things that he can do. I thought he started off his career very well. No goals on the season, but uh, had a few assists. And still don't know why he didn't at least get a sniff at the playoffs. Um, and we'll, I'll go through some of the, the comments here. Uh, definitely the most votes we had so far. So I think a lot of people were passionate about uh, kind of getting their voices heard on Bo Byram. But uh, it came out at 12% for an A, 54%, which was the winner at B, 28% at C, and 5% gave him a D slash F. Uh, for me... I'm kind. I kind of toe that line between, yeah, he didn't get enough, and from what I saw, I I was definitely pleased. I think you know, I'm I'm always impressed when these young guys, as young as they are, can come in and really hold their own, especially defenders. Uh, you know, they're they just you just get the impression that defenders bulk up over time. And not, not to say that, you know, they're Barry Bonds in it, but, you know, they just, they fill out more over time. So defenders that, they, they just look like they're a little bit on, you know, teenagers not filled out yet. And, you know, just look what Kale McCarr's done in a couple years. So, you know, guys like Byram, who, it, it, it's all on their ability to play defense and not just skate around just headhunting that's not how he's going to play defense so i'm always impressed with guys like that uh and he held his own and he didn't back down i I, god i wish i could remember who it was but uh it was just one of those you know meaningless scrums after a a stoppage and kind of got like face washed and he went right back at him god i wish i could remember who that was but he he didn't i I think it god it's driving me crazy because it was kind of like a well-known uh, NHLer who kind of said, "Hey Rook, I'm going to come after you," and Byron was like, "Go for it. I'm I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of anybody." So stuff like that. Those are the things that I, I liked seeing in him was the compete level. D- 
didn't back down. Uh, you can see the offense and his offense ability is there. Just missed it on inches on several potential goals. But like I said, had those few assists, which were pretty assists. So I think overall, you got maybe you wanted to see a little bit more in the scoring department. Uh, but I think you got enough of Bo Byram to be really excited about next year because you know he's going to come back. Uh, who knows what the lines are going to look like on the defensive pairings? But doesn't really matter. You, you what you saw, you should be happy. Uh, that maybe he's going to shore up the defense even more than it really already was from last year. They had a great defense in the regular season. Bringing him into the mix for, on a full-time gig, you got to be happy about that. So stats for the season for him, two whole assists is what he got. And uh, he had one in his second game, which was uh, against Anaheim. And then another one against Vegas on February 16th. So that was it. I think overall a pretty good season for him. You know, good uh, introduction to the Avs fan base and the Avalanche franchise. So uh, next year we will be kind of expecting uh, a lot more from him. So comments on the Twitter poll. At Morash33 says he needs to get bigger and tougher. It's kind of something that we were just talking about. Uh, the Avs have enough puck-moving D, not enough toughness. He, that's true, but they're not. Even if he gets bigger and tougher, he's not going to be the guy that they want to go be Nikita Zadorov or even Ryan Graves for that matter. He's not that type of player. He is a puck-moving defender, and that, that's what they that's what they want him to be. That's what they need him to be. He'll be tough enough. He'll, he'll be kind of in the realm of what the Avalanche have for defenders right now. They're not going to ask him to be... Their their brute strength on the defensive end. Uh, Lothar, we know Lothar says Bo Byron played only 19 games this season because of injury and COVID and all that. Compared with players like Burkowski, who played a total of 63 games, just did not see enough of Byron to give him a B, which I would have uh, liked to give him. So he gave him a C. John Liu at Tat John Liu says it's hard to grade him for as little as he played. I would say incomplete. Rebecca always has good things to say. Said he played well, made some mistakes, which are to be expected for such a run rookie, young rookie. He showed a lot of promise. If only he had been more healthy. Totally agree with that. I think uh, uh, he, he got a B anyway. I think the Bs would have fifty four percent. I think that would have been just a wider margin if he had played. Uh, more of the season. Uh, Jordan at AvsFan2909, he says, I say B, only because of the limited sample size and all the things considered. He's a young rookie, still plenty of room to grow, and his season was, in fact, unfortunately cut short due to the hit he took. Uh, then he says that's another conversation. But from what uh, he saw, he honestly liked what he did watch. Uh, didn't look too much out of place, which is definitely true. And uh, showed some promise in the limited opportunities he got. So I feel there is much more he can do. 100%. And I think we'll see that next year. Thomas at Rowberry says, When I played, I thought, or when he played, I thought he handled himself well. Not his fault he missed so much of the season. He'd give him a C. Uh, it's a passing grade, but room for growth. Fully expect a great season next year. Agree with pretty much everything you said there. Um, Seth at Seth5280 
says a C minus only because he missed most of the year on a legal hit. That wasn't even a penalty. Uh, he forgets the Vegas player who hit him. But uh, let's see. Yeah, he goes on about the injury, um, which I don't want to go into the injury too much because that'll just kind of upset me. But yeah, you're right. Um, Tom Lastrum says incomplete sample size, not good enough to grade him. And same thing with 303 hockey. Uh, they say for what he showed, I'll say C minus what he brings. Uh, it is a low. It was, how, how many times he saying this here? What brings it? There you go. What brings it this low is the fights he took on shouldn't be part of his game. What, uh, would hate to see if that led to concussion problems. Mm, I don't want to see that again. It's not, we won't have a Calvert situation on our hands. Uh, but he does say so excited for his future. So there's a difference. You know, uh, 303 Hockey is saying, like, he that's not part of his game. And who was it in the beginning? Uh, Morash33 wants him to get bigger, so it's part of his game. So even between the fans, it's kind of going back and forth. I, I'm more with the 303 Hockey side of things saying, no, that's that's not his game. He still needs to bulk up a little bit, but he's not, he's not going to be the headhunter. Um... Who else we got here? Taylor Ray says he was at a disadvantage because people expected him to come in and be another Makar, which was never going to happen. His defensive metrics were excellent. The offense isn't there quite yet, which is totally fine for a guy who made his debut this season. Agree 100% with Taylor. He's not, nobody can come in and do what Kale McCarr did. That's not going to happen. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying in the first segment with Jost kind of maybe being compared to why can't he do it? Uh, McKinnon has done like it's not it's not the, not going to happen. Um, so those are pretty, and then you got some other people who are just saying like kind of like incomplete. So you get kind of the same sense from the Avalanche fans; they're excited. Uh, you got to see a little bit of a taste. You got the appetizer, and next year will be the main course when it comes to Bo Byram. All right, uh, you can go on there right now. Uh, right now we have JT Confer who is up for a vote. That one should be interesting. And interestingly enough, that is who we're going to be talking about in this next segment. But first, we're going to hear from, who do we have? BetOnline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet in all of your sports action. You got baseball. Hockey is still going on. Yes, even though the Avalanche aren't playing, it is still going on. You have MMA. NBA playoffs, soccer, whatever you want to bet on, you you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting sporting needs before the next pitch, slam dunk, or puck drop. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep and make their playoff runs. Head to the website and sign up, or even use your, use your mobile device to sign up. And when you do, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and the last thing I want to get to today is I always enjoy when I'm able to, to find on another team's website them making a pitch at getting a Colorado Avalanche player on their side and through if it's you know if they're a free agent maybe saying oh signing him if the Avalanche don't resign him we could benefit from this player and in this case it's uh, I, I 
well, it's a trade. It would have to be a trade because they, they want to go after JT Comfer. And that team is the Edmonton Oilers, or at least uh, Silas Bengston. I'm sorry if I'm uh, pronouncing your last name wrong, Silas, but uh, he writes for the website Oil on White, and White is spelled W-H-Y-T-E, uh, oilonwhite.com. He makes the case for the Oilers benefiting from JT Comfer. And I don't doubt that uh, he would. The you know he I think he touts him up a little bit too much, and and maybe this is a case of uh, a guy really liking uh, someone maybe that he doesn't watch too much. I don't know how much Silas watches hockey outside of Edmonton, but um, and I'm not saying JT Comfer is is not uh, it could not be beneficial to them. I think at times Confer is, is a very good player, but he he's kind of like we were always go back and forth between him and Tyson Jost. Like when are these guys, one or both of these guys, really going to take that turn? It seems like Jost did that. We kind of talked about that already. Confer seems like you know what you're going to get from him. Is it a bad thing for where he plays? It's not awful, but yeah, you would like to see something more out of him. For a bottom six player, uh, but he he really kind of waxes poetic for JT Comfort. He says Comfort's coming off a successful campaign that saw him thrive on a top-notch Avalanche team. At five on five, he contributed nine goals and fifteen points while seeing ten minutes and ten seconds of uh, game time. That equates to a one point eight four points per sixty, which would have seen him rank third on the Oilers behind. Do you even need to guess? Uh, everybody is behind McDavid and Dreisaitl. So uh, he says it's currently the highest scoring rate of any of the options that he has covered. This includes Nick's Bu- Nick Bustad. And I think that's the only one. So, okay. Um, further, his lines outscored their opposition 26 to 12 and outchanced their opponents 221 to 160 while getting only 38.6% of percent of his face-offs in the offensive zone uh he goes into the prior two seasons and the points that confer has in the prior two seasons uh, 31 points and 32 points so he's kind of steady there goes into the you know points per 60 which is 1.63 and 1.56 respectively so he he kind of likes he, he seems to really like what he could bring to the oilers uh talks about how you know he's an average face-off man 50 percent how he's used on the penalty kill, but he's not too effective on the penalty kill. Um, so he really likes what JT Confer could do for Edmonton. And I don't disagree with him. Edmonton needs depth. They need more players that can kind of do what JT Confer does. So is it out of the realm of possibility? I, well, is it out of the realm of possibility Avalanche would trade Confer? No, I think I think that's a very real possibility. I have no idea to where. Could the Oilers use someone like Confer? Yes. Here's the problem. In this uh, brief write-up, they don't, or Silas does not offer up a trade. He does not say who the Oilers would give up to get Confer. And I think the reason for that is they have nobody. <laughs> There's nobody on this roster that I would want. That's the problem for, or excuse me, that's the problem for Edmonton. They don't have depth. That's what got them eliminated from the playoffs. 
So you are going to have a hard time uh, giving, unless you're going to be trading draft picks, which this year, I think outside of Colorado, Edmonton is struggling the most for, for draft picks. We all know Colorado has a first, a third, and a seventh. Edmonton has a first, a fourth, two sixths, and a seventh. Not much better. You know, you have, yeah, so you have one, two, three, you have five, three of them come in round six and seven. So uh, unless you're, you know, you're going to be trading next year, uh, which they have everything but a fourth, maybe that comes into play and maybe some, you know, lower salaried players, but I, this is the problem that the Oilers are going to have. You don't have anything to give me. So would you benefit from JT Confer? I definitely think you would. And I think it would be a good addition uh, if Edmonton wanted him, but I'm happy with Comfer. You know, he, he's, do I want to completely give up on him? No. Um, but where he plays and what he does, I still he he people are going to uh, give him a low grade. I feel on on our poll for today, which I'll cover for tomorrow's show. Uh, but there were moments, and I've always said this about him: I he plays so much better in the playoffs than he does in the regular season. You want him to play great across the entirety of a season. But there were times that he did play in that last game, in game six, he played particularly well. He really did. And if you don't believe me, go back and watch the game. Uh, so he has his moments where you feel like if, if he's going to have a good game, he has a good game from start to finish. If he doesn't, he he's nowhere to be seen. And that's the bad thing with JT Confer. He either shows up and has a really good game for all 60 minutes or however many minutes he plays on the ice, obviously. Uh, or you don't hear from him at all. And the unfortunate thing is uh, the games where you don't hear from him at all outweigh the games where you do. That needs to flip, or at least even out. And I think people would be happy. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. I scour the internet to try to find these things because I, I like them. I don't think that's coming from a, a Oilers standpoint. It's not a bad player to want to acquire. I just don't know what you're going to give up for him because you don't have anything. So that'll be it for today, everybody. Uh, Thank you for allowing me to take the day off yesterday. Um, And we're back to normal. So go vote for Comfer's grade. And we will talk about him on tomorrow's show. And then uh, see what else happens in the world of the avalanche. So thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go!